0: All right. Well, I get the privilege of introducing my brother, Bill uh, Hoppy, today. Um, I see his wife, Cindy, is here, too. So I encourage you afterwards to uh, stop and chat with him. Um, But uh, just an encouragement, uh, just the blessing that Awana has been to this ministry. Uh, Bill serves as Awana missionary um, to northern Minnesota and northwest Wisconsin. He's been doing that since 2012. And I believe he's been involved in Awana for a lot longer than that, right, Bill? So praise God for that, um, that God's placed that call on his heart. Um, He serves um, area churches by training them, um, presenting Awana to them, uh, to prospective churches, um, and just following up and just encouraging them in their (laughs) ministry to children, the least of these. Amen. And so uh, why don't you welcome and invite Bill as he comes to share with us from God's word. And uh, welcome today, Bill. We're glad to have you. All
1: right. Looks like we got something. I think we're going to watch a two minute video first. Okay. Our kids don't need another message to be good in the midst of a world as broken and the brokenness to which they're exposed. They need the gospel and they need a spiritual foundation. Some people are more comfortable with old problems and new solutions. Some people are more comfortable saying to a generation, you can just die without God. children are the littlest and the least, and then they become the lost. They're voiceless. And because they are voiceless, it's easy to overlook them. The world sees our children as people to be molded into their image. They want something that's real. They want something that they can believe in. And so they're, they're capable of a lot more than oftentimes we as church leaders kind of think they can handle. They have all the potential in the world, because I know if I can help them imagine that future, that's the first step to them walking into it. It's been said, in every childhood, there is one moment when the door opens and lets the future in. That meeting, uh, this coming September 16th and 17th, a two-day event. If you have an interest, you can go online, awana.org, and check out more. You can register. Uh, next week, I don't, I don't remember the date, I think it's the 25th, is the first early bird discount, so the cheapest rate to get if you want to go in person or if you want to do it virtually. And I have, to, I have to make up my mind, which I'm gonna do myself. But anyways, I wanted to show that because that's the latest thing out from Awana. They said this is the big event of the year for Awana. And however, it's not just Awana awana is learning to partnership with other groups and realizing you know we're all in this together and we have a common goal is we want to see between now and the time when jesus comes again as many people come to christ as possible and so awana focuses children discipleship and the word resilient was mentioned on there and that really is the theme of awana now is we want to teach our children And their parents and leaders to be able to be resilient disciples of Jesus Christ. Resilient means you bend, but you don't break. You have the pressures of the secular world and even our secular nation now that are bringing on to us the challenges like COVID, we just finished in this year. This book just came out in January of last year, right before COVID hit, so it was very timely. It was authored by Valerie Bell, the CEO of Awana, and Matt Markins, the president, and two other leaders in Awana. So I brought a book to give to your church, and I'm going to give it to Erica, and uh, she can read it or pass it on. Somebody else wants to read it first. Uh, I was going to give it to the Geislers because back in January, it was Gail that sent me an email and invited me, so I just figured she invited me. I'll give it to her, and she can pass it. But what I would like to see is just as many possible as read it and um, that we just have that common agreement that we are facing tough times and we need to be resilient and we need to be able to, Awana's looking to the future of 2050. What are our kids gonna face that we're facing now? How much worse is it gonna be? Are they going to be resilient? Are they, are they going to be able to stand against the... the, the let me show you. Um, I'll just set that right there. Oh, I'll give it to Ben. Then I won't forget to pass it on. Okay, so I, I did this in Sunday school. I'm going to just stand up here. Uh, Ed Stetzer was one of the people. He's the one that came up with this uh, visual aid using your hand. when I came to Christ 56 years ago, and our country was much more friendly to Christians back when I came to Christ. In fact, there's basically, Ed puts it in three different groups of Christians. We have, like you and me, those who realize Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and it's faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ that died on the cross for our sins. That's our ticket to heaven. And because we have that faith and we have a gratefulness to our Savior as we, we gather like this as a body of Christ and worship Him and praise Him and thank Him and, and strive to serve for Him and, and have ministries like Awana where we're teaching our children to study His Word and to memorize His Word to be prepared for a life of serving Him. So that's one group is true believers. Then but we have another group we call congregational Christians. Those are people that just come to church. You know, they're, they're part of the group. They, they like the social aspect. Maybe they don't even come that often. Did you know that the average Christian today, the average comes to church once a month? I wouldn't be surprised if it's less than that if you figure in COVID now in just the past year. Well, back when I was growing up, I remember back then it was common that some people only went to church Christmas and Easter. And so people like that that just come to church, but they really don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. We call them congregational Christians. They gather, but they, they, they don't know Christ personally. And then there's a third group of Christians. The third group is, because I live in the United States, I must be a Christian. We're a Christian country. Well, back in when I was growing up, that was pretty common. And some of your TV shows, people prayed and so forth. And now, now Christians are kind of ridiculed on TV shows. So that group of real Christians, congregational Christians, cultural Christians, they were pretty much in agreement when, when they made decisions, how they voted, and, and even though congregational and cultural Christians weren't true believers, They had a respect for us. But then there was a group of the atheists or believers of false religions. So the secular world, the humanistic world. But we were the majority. Here's the difference today. The cultural Christians and the congregational Christians pretty much vote. With secular, humanistic, atheistic, agnostic people. And we're alone and we're outnumbered. That's the difference today. And so we need to be resilient because we're outnumbered. And it seems like everything is against us at times. So, thus the book, Resilient. So, I, I, that's just a, a little change in focus. AWANA has always been about the gospel, always about discipling kids to come to Christ. But now we realize we want them to be able to stand no matter what the pressure is. Um, I think it was in Sunday school, somebody, or was it here already, uh, mentioned the persecuted church. Yeah, it was Noah. Noah mentioned it, the persecuted church. That could be coming to America soon anyways if you have your bibles turn to john 15 that's going to be the text of my message today i'm not going to talk a whole lot about awana i talked i did that kind of in sunday school but one thing i will say while you're turning to john 15 or you have john 15 in your bulletin either way you want to do it or up on your phone but one thing i was i kind of i forgot to mention that what has been different to me as a missionary well FOR THE PAST YEAR, I, I UNTIL A COUPLE of WEEKS AGO, I FOR THE MOST PART, I WASN'T ALLOWED TO VISIT AWANA CLUBS BECAUSE AWANA DIDN'T WANT TO TAKE THE CHANCE OF A MISSIONARY GETTING COVID AND THEN GOING PASSING ON TO ANOTHER CONGREGATION OR ANOTHER Iwana CLUB. SO WE WERE RESTRICTED. Uh, THEY GRADUALLY OPENED IT AND I WAS ABLE TO SPEAK IN A CHURCH LIKE I'M DOING TODAY A COUPLE of MONTHS AGO AND, and NOW But back then I had to quarantine for 14 days. I couldn't go visit another church until 14 days later to make sure, just to be sure. By the way, I did get COVID back in November, and I had it bad. So I know it's a bad thing, and I understand the protections and so forth. I understand. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Some people don't get it too bad. I had it bad. Not to the bad where I was on a ventilator. It wasn't that bad, but Went bad enough that I went to an emergency room to see if I did need that. Well praise the Lord, I didn't. So one of the things that I did different, because everything was email, phone, zoom, um, text. I had more time because I couldn't physically visit, so I volunteered there was a missionary in West Virginia. He covered the entire state of missionary, and he retired this summer. And I found out that nobody replaced him. I mentioned in Sunday school that Awana, churches that have Awana, like your church, renew every July, July 1st. Well, this year, for the first time, we had the biggest decline ever in the 70 years of Awana. Only 55% of the churches in the United States renewed. And so in West Virginia, nobody has come on as a new missionary as, as of yet, just a few months ago. And so I volunteered to contact all the churches in West Virginia that did not renew and just talk to the pastors or WANA ministry director, whoever I was able to get a hold of. So I actually called 50 churches in West Virginia that used to have a WANA until this year. And so that was one of the things I did. I usually just serve right here in Minnesota, but... One of the things I'm learning, if you're going to be virtual, you can talk to people anywhere. And so that was one of the things I did as a missionary was helping another part of the country. Okay, I chose, I I believe God laid John chapter 15 on my heart. In fact, I called Pastor Joe a week ago Friday, and I said, have you preached on john 15 recently and he says no i haven't so that that confirmed i i don't like to to give back-to-back messages that somebody just gave but john 15 let me set the context of this this message we're coming up on easter season next next week is palm sunday and you are promoting the good friday service and easter service on the overhead so john 13 and 14 is the upper room. And it's Jesus ministering to the disciples and letting them know he's not going to be with them much longer. And look at the verse, if you have your Bible, I'm going to read to you just the last verse in 14. It says, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. And then he says, Arise, let us go hence. So they are now leaving the upper room. And by the way, he's on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. Well, But Jesus, so often, whatever was there, he used as a visual. And so I believe, you know, this, not, this doesn't say in Scripture, but I just kind of believe he must have went by a vineyard on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane, because this is his illustration. So let's look at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father... Oh, by the way, I have the King James Version, so if you're using this, I think this is NIV, or maybe you even have a different version on, on your Bible. That's wonderful. In fact, I shared in Sunday school that uh, you Owana know, makes its publications in King James, New King James, NIV, and ESV. AND I LEAD A GROUP OF OTHER MISSIONARIES OR A LOT of STAFF THROUGH ZOOM EVERY WEDNESDAY MORNING AT NINE, AND WE'RE MEMORIZING PHILIPPIANS 2. AND JUST IN OUR SMALL GROUP OF NINE PEOPLE, WE COVER ALL FOUR OF THOSE TRANSLATIONS. AND I THINK IT'S AWESOME WHEN I HEAR IN THE OTHER TRANSLATIONS AND COMPARE AND WE DISCUSS, BECAUSE SOMETIMES I BRING OUT A WORD THAT'S NOT USED THE SAME WAY IN THE OTHER TRANSLATION so i might comment that as i read here so look at verse one even it says the father is the husbandman well sure enough it says he's the gardener in the niv and i think it's esv that calls it the vine dresser all the same thing and so in my illustration on the back of your bulletin it says the master gardener i believe that's what it says there i know that's what i yep He's the father is the master gardener. And I just thought that was appropriate to add that on the gardener because nobody does it better than God, right? He's the one that made everything. And and so he knows. And he's the one that's directing the vine. And so we're gonna use this podium as an illustration. This podium, we're gonna say, is the vine. This is Jesus. Jesus is our nourishment. And this little wide part of the top on the podium, this would be a knot on a vine that comes out of a a grapevine. Does anybody have a grapevine at your home? Anybody got one? We got one back there. Okay. So so anyways, on the top where the knot is is where the branches come out. So we might have a branch come over here. Maybe it's going to attach to this microphone or this stand. We got a branch that comes over here and perhaps attached there and one attached here in other words there's there's branches that are spreading out but they're all coming out from the vine so the and by the way i love it when in verse one king james says i am the true vine and i love that song we sing i love it when we sing songs that are based on scripture i am the way the truth and the life jesus is the true vine the way the truth the life and his father is the husband. He's the one directing. Jesus said, I do the will of my father. Jesus, as busy as he was performing miracles and teaching, he would always get alone and spend time. Before he chose his 12 disciples, he spent the entire night in prayer with his father, and then he went out and chose the 12 that would serve with him as disciples. Verse 2, every branch in me... Okay, I'm going to pause right there. Every branch in me, that's the key. It's not just any branch. It's the ones in him. So he's talking about believers. He's talking to the faithful 11 disciples. Because Judas, remember, he already departed to go betray Jesus. So he's talking to his chosen 11 faithful disciples, those that are grafted, those that are growing, learning from Jesus, the and at the father's, the master gardener, the master teacher direction. And so they're attached to Jesus. They're learning from Jesus. And he says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit. So I brought these buckets up here. And it's almost the four colors of a wand, a red, blue, green, and yellow. But theres I didn't have a green one, so I got two red ones. But anyways, this first red bucket is empty. So every branch in me that beareth not fruit. This is the not fruit bucket. Yeah, see, it's empty. Who cares? It's just empty. That's the not fruit bucket. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Can a Christian not bear fruit? I think it's obviously yes, because he says, every branch in me. That's a Christian, somebody that's in Jesus, in Christ. But we're not fruitful. This is what he's talking about, unfruitful, empty Well, what does that mean, unfruitful, not bearing fruit? Um, You're probably very familiar with this passage. Keep your finger in John 15. We're not going to turn very many times, but we are going to turn at least this once. Galatians 5, Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against all such there is no law. And they that are Christ, those that are in him, that's the branches, those that are Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So, a lot of times when we look at this passage, we think of the fruit would be producing other believers, and I believe that's accurate translation. But could it be more than that? Could it be the fruits of the Spirit as well. Are we not demonstrating fruits of the Spirit? And is it possible for a Christian to not be demonstrating all those fruits of the Spirit? Do you know a a believer, a brother and sister in Christ that isn't walking with Him right now? I think we all do, and maybe we've had times in our lives when we weren't walking with Him. So, Jesus is the brand is talking about, every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, um, the Greek word for taking away actually means, there's a piece of paper over here. I'm going to pick it up. That's what it means, to lift up. This is how Jesus first, speaks to people that aren't walking with him. They're his people, they're his branches, but he lifts us up. He talks to us gently. He tries to nudge us. He tries to convict us through the scripture like, like, like somebody just like I did, reading the fruits of the Spirit. Are you being meek? Are you being loving? Are you being kind? Are you bearing my fruit? He lifts us up. In fact, let's, let's go back to the illustration of a gardener, the master gardener. We got the, this branch on the ground right here. It's a pine branch, but let's imagine that's a vine. That's one of these branches fell down. It's on the ground. What happens when a branch like that is laying on the ground? It gets dirty, especially if it rains. Dirt splashes up on it. Uh, any of you garden, maybe not vines, but do any other grow things? Do you have a garden, Anybody? What happens when stuff's laying on the ground and dirt splashes up and covers the leaves? And Does it grow as good? And sometimes does it mildew? Sometimes do the leaves rot? So Jesus lifts it up. In fact, uh, I listened to a couple of good messages on this chapter from other preachers, and uh, one of them shared how he talked to an actual vineyard grower, and he says... He, when a branch falls off where he has it attached and hung up, he says, he actually brings a bucket of water and he dips the branch in the water and washes it off and then he hangs it back up. See, that's what D- Jesus does. He lifts us up. He wants us to be clean. And back, in fact, verse 3, it says, Now ye are clean through the word. If we just listen... To God's word, this is how we get clean. It's, Jesus is the word. This is all about him. So a, gardener, a good gardener will lift up the branch, clean it off, and hang it back up and try to make it produce fruit. Let me finish verse 2, though. It says, Every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Again, lift up. And every branch that beareth fruit he purges that it may bring more fruit. So we got a second bucket. I'm going to use a blue one. I'm just going to try to go and order, red, blue, green, yellow. <laughs> All right. So the second bucket, let's imagine that there's some fruit in there. I didn't bring any grapes, so you just got to use your imagine. This one is the no fruit bucket, no fruit. But this one has some fruit, so we're going to put that there. Because look at verse... Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Okay, so we know he lifts it up. He's he's encouraging the believers to bear some fruit. You know, convicts them with the word. Try to get them right. And then, every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. What in the world? Did you know a gardener? Somebody that understands grapevines, and, and this is true, it's like apples. Does anybody have an apple tree, fruit tree? That if you have too many branches, more of the nourishment from the trunk of that tree will go into producing leaves and less into the fruit, apples. So a good apple orchard guy or girl, lady, will trim some of those branches so it will produce more apples. Same way with the grapevine. Sometimes they got to cut back on the apples, the, the vine, the branches, not the vine. The vine is Jesus. Cut the branches to get it to produce more grapes. So that's the third bucket, red, blue. Pretend the second one is green. This one is more fruit. So we have no fruit. It's empty. We have some fruit and now a bucket that has more fruit. And verse 3 said, you're clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus was in person with the disciples. They got the instructions right there in person. And verse 4, here's the key for our message today. Abide in me and I in you. Because remember, Jesus is leaving them but he's still telling them to abide. And he just mentioned the word. He wants them to remember what he taught them. We have the privilege. We have the written word. We can refer to it often. So my message to you is this is where we need to be abiding. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. This is his story. This is what we need to know. We need to abide in his word. We need to know his word. He says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit in itself. There's the key. We can't do it. We need Jesus. We need his grace. When we think we can do it, what happens? We're getting proud. What does James say? God despises the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need to submit that we need Jesus. He is the one Jesus, who's producing fruit, because we're connected to him, that's how we bear fruit, is if we're connected to him. If we're reminded, the fruits of the Spirit come from him. And we need to be following his example. And in the second half of verse 4 says, "Accepted, abide in the vine, nor more can ye except ye abide in me. So he's making it applicable to his disciples. If you want to bear fruit, because he's telling them to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel to every creature, that's what he says after he arises to his disciples. If he wants them to be fruitful, they need to abide with him. They need to remember what he taught them. They need to share what he taught. They need to live what they taught, what he taught them. So he's going to review now verse 5. I am the vine. Here we are. I'm the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. There's the fourth bucket. This bucket is overflowing. Or if you think of the apple, it's a bushel that's overflowing. Just to fallen all over the ground, you have more than enough. The same with the grapes. It's overflowing. That's what Jesus wants. He wants to, us to produce so much that it's just overflowing. But how are we doing it's not in our flesh look at the rest of that verse the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing we cannot do it of our own self of our flesh our works our physical abilities yeah we all have talents and gifts but they're from him and he gets the glory and the praise but if we're not abiding him we can get sidetracked you know that's what a heresy is truth out of balance is heresy to make sure we're preaching the truth we need to be in his word it needs to be in us we need to be living it we need to be spending time in prayer okay there's a key verse i have for this lesson it's not even in this chapter it's the chapter before so if you got your bible look back just just like i started in verse 31 of 14 look at verse 26 here's my key verse for today but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Jesus is telling his disciples, I told you firsthand what you need to know, how to live, how to reach others to follow me, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to help you remember what I told you. And that's what he's doing today. However, we need to be in his word, and then the Holy Spirit confirms and edifies. In fact, you know what the best commentary on Scripture is? More Scripture. That way you don't get it out of balance because you might read something one way and then you can read another, and, oh, that's what it's saying. Okay, I want to get through verse 8 before I close. So let's go on to verse 6. If a man bide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they be burned. So a lot of times this, this, this verse causes misunderstanding. But remember, he's talking to believers. So he's not, it's not about losing your salvation, but it's, it's about he may be trimming off to make you more fruitful. He may be disciplining us. He may be trying to get us to bear the much fruit. Verse 7, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and shall be done unto you. And in verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Again, we do the producing, but it's only Jesus working through us. He's the vine. He's the source. He's the one that gives us life. He's the one that gives us enabling grace to minister as we humble himself and say, yeah, I can't do it, God. But all things are possible through Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. A verse we looked at in uh, Sunday school was Psalm 138, thirty-eight two, And it says that you magnify your word even above your name. Your word has been preserved, and we have it today. A lot of us maybe have many copies and maybe in different translations, and that's, that's a good thing. But may they not just be on the shelf. May they be an integral part of our daily life, spending time with you. Jesus, again, as busy as he was, set time to be with his father. May we spend that time with our father and with Jesus in prayer and in your word. And then as we read your word and are praying, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, can speak to us and remind us of things we've already been taught, we've already read, but oh, do we need reminders. Oh, that we need your grace to keep enabling us. We can do nothing apart from Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Well, Thank you, Bill. We're, uh, we're going to go to prayer for Bill and for the Iwana program. Um, we're encouraged. Um, it's been a joy to serve with you in Iwana. and so why don't we go to prayer and then we're going to dismiss. Father, we glory in your plan, which is perfect, Father. And I just thank you for my brother Bill, for his heart, for Awana for calling him um, to the very place that he's at right now and just pray that he would grow in uh, the fruit of the spirit, Lord, day by day, that we grow in love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness and that as um, he grows in your fruit, Lord, that um, more fruit would be bore. In this ministry and in Iwana in this upcoming year, In the difficulties, give Bill wisdom um, day by day to serve you, Lord, to serve his family, to serve in the Awana, uh mission. And, Lord, just pray uh, for you to be glorified through Bill and uh, through Iwana In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you, Bill. God bless each one of you. May you have a good day and may you bear much fruit. Amen. Maybe it's dismissed.